Hello, I'm John Pike. I'm the Pike bit of Merns and Pike. And together with Kirsty, who's a Merns bit of Merns and Pike, we're going to be doing some interviews as part of the Loving What You Do podcast series and chat to some of the great people that we know, some great people that we partner with and people that we admire to find out a little bit more about communication more broadly and some of the things that we're passionate about. We're going to do it through a series of uh, themes and this first series is all around storytelling and the importance of storytelling. In our first episode, we're talking to Martin Hill, the founder of Autumn Films and somebody we partner with on creating patient videos and trying to tell stories through the medium of film. Martin, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do for a living. Well, my name's Martin Hill. I am a filmmaker who's based here in Somerset. I've been filmmaking now for about, probably full-time now, for about five years. Uh, but prior to that, I was a commercial photographer, and I, I've, I've done that for, for nearly 20 years now. Prior to that, I was a, a Royal Marine Commando. So, uh, yeah, go figure that out. So how did you get from Royal Marine Commando to commercial photographer? That's a great question, because... Um, I often try to think back myself when, when I first did it. So um, I was working for the Royal Marines in South America and we were out there doing various things. One day, a pal of mine wanted to borrow some money. Um, so I, I duly lent him some money. Uh, and about three days later, he came back to me and he said, here's your money. And I just noticed that on, on his bed was this old uh, Canon ES, ESR film camera. And I said to him, look, rather than give me the money back, I'll have your camera and he gave me this camera and I put it in my hand and I started taking photos and they weren't very good and we were in the middle of the jungle so they're not going to be very good to be to be honest but I suddenly fell in love with taking pictures and I thought wow this is incredible and actually interestingly I was due to leave the service I was about 18 months out of of, of leaving the service and I thought what am I going to do and some bright spot I said well why don't you take up your photography so I was a couple of weeks into finishing my time in the Royal Marines after doing sort of nearly 11 years. And I walked into WH Smith's in Taunton and I looked at the magazine rack and I looked at all the magazines that, that were sort of based around professional photography. And I literally opened up the magazine, looked at the pictures that I liked, find out who took those pictures and I turned up at their studios, literally turned up at their studios, unannounced, knocked on their door, kind of figured that if I'm unannounced, they can't tell me to go away. Yeah. And um, I went to Edinburgh, Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol. And I came across these amazing photographers, the world-class photographers. And every single one of them were, were willing to take me under their wing for a period of time and teach me about photography, teach me about lighting, teach me about aspects of photography, composition, and all those things. And suddenly I was into a whole new career. So that, that was my path into, yeah. into photography and subsequently um, into filmmaking. So tell us a bit about storytelling in filmmaking and even storytelling in photography. Like, why is that so important? Why, why is creating a story more important than filming a sequence? Well, for me, it's, it's about engaging audiences. It's about getting audiences to, to look at what you're doing and actually engaging with it. And we, we call it sort of narrative transportation. We want somebody to... It's like when you watch a film. You watch a film... Because the filmmaker, the director, have cleverly put together a sequence of images that hold you, that, that you want to find out more. Um, so, so for me, it was a case of, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to become a filmmaker, 
I want to make short films that actually make a difference, that really sort of stop an audience and say, wow, I really get what, what, they're, what they're trying to say. So for us, it was, or for me, it was a case of sort of working out how to do that. And I noticed that they were doing this course, and it was a six-month course out in the States. So I spoke to my, my wife, Katie, and I said, look, can I, can I spend their family's inheritance? And she went, yeah, no problem. Yeah, just carry on. It's no problem. <laughs> get you out of the house. Get me out of the house, under her feet. And off I went for, for a six-month period, not, not the entire time. But it was all focused on storytelling. It was all focused on the nuances and the science of storytelling because it is a science. You know, to, to move people's emotions is, is very much a, a scientific process and a very much a psychological process. Um, so that's what I did. And I went off uh, for this six-month period to, with, with a group of other filmmakers. So we, we do a lot of work with you on, on telling patient stories. So um, somebody who's, who's been through a, a particular disease or a challenge that they're living with and trying to bring that to life. So tell us how, I mean, you can do that in a very linear way, like people feel symptoms and then they get diagnosed and then they get treated and things like that. But often we don't tell these stories in a linear way. You've, you find a different way to bring it to life. So how do you do that? How do you bring these patient stories to life to make them even more powerful? Mm. The best stories are those that are told from a single perspective of a series of events. So we very much focus on, on the individual. So patient stories actually lend themselves perfectly to, to, um, to the, our storytelling process. The first thing that, that, that we need to establish is actually the who's going to be the heart of the story. So quite often you're, you're given a heart of the story. But there are three things that you're really looking for within this individual. For me, one of the most important things is working out what their desire is. Where do they want to be that, where they are currently not? You know, what, what, what do they want out of, uh, out of their own lives? The second thing is complexity. And that's the bigger why question. Why do they want to be where they want to be? And the third thing that I'm always looking for is that uniqueness, that uniqueness in the story, that uniqueness in the person. That person needs to be able to tell a story. Then you need to be able to draw from them uh, their story. And not everybody has that, that ability to do that. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you just have to put your hands up and say, look, this, this person has an amazing story, but really don't think they're going to carry the story. So all those things, those preliminary things that you're looking for as a filmmaker, that you sort of put together in your own mind. And, and it's really important that you speak to the, to the person beforehand. And you spend a lot of time. And the best thing that God has given you as a filmmaker is a pair of ears. Mm. You really have to listen to the story. And you really have to be conscious not to try and move the story before you've heard the story, yeah. if that makes sense. Really listen to their experience, because ultimately it's their experience that, that you're wanting yeah. to, to, to put together. So that's, that's the first preliminary thing that, you, that we do, is, is that you really understand what the story is. Really get a good grip about actually what has their experiences been. And at that point, once you've got all that information, then you can then really start to think about, okay, how can we best put this story together that's really going to engage an audience? And this is where that narrative transportation comes through. And I like to use four pillars of storytelling. People, purpose, place, and plot. Okay, the plot is kind of the is kind of the easier of the is the three because that's that's your story arc. Yeah. You know, every film has a great plot. But what a lot of people don't realize is that 
the best stories are those that have these two ingredients, conflict and desire. What is the conflict within the story? And I don't, and I don't mean a warring conflict. Mm -hmm. I just mean the conflict that person is currently experiencing. So, for example, for patient stories, it's always pretty obvious that their, their conflict in their life is their medical condition. Mm -hmm. And their desire, the desire in a story is them wanting to... To, to get better, if not better, to get to a better point within their lives when they're experiencing much greater, much greater things. So those are two really important ingredients to any great story. So that that is is born. You, you kind of bring that to life in the plot. But before you do that, it comes back to the four pillars: yeah. people. You've got to have the right person to be able to tell the story. And we, we've just mentioned that. You know, those three big things, as I call it, they're really important. Purpose. Purpose is something that often gets overlooked, but what is the whole purpose of making the story? Mm -hmm. what, 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 is, what is the customer, the client, who's, who's ultimately um, stumping up the budget for these films? Is, what is the purpose of the film? What, what do they want to achieve? And we go through this kind of, kind of, kind of fairly complicated process, but to simplify it, we get them to think about five keywords. And those five keywords... Uh, with, within this purpose, really are identifying and drawing out of them what they want to achieve from it. So simple things like, you know, what do you want the audience to feel? What do you want the audience to do? Yeah. Those do, and there, there are there are many others that we take into consideration, but that really does all come down to to the purpose. Yeah, yeah. So the third pillar we look at is place. Now, place is for me is is everything because it's where the story unfolds. So you, you could tell a story, for example, about a cancer patient. And if you filmed it in a theme park, you'd be in the wrong place. Yeah. It would need to be where the story unfolded. So it might be at home or it would be in a, in a, a maybe, for example, a hospital ward. So all of these things are taken into consideration when you're planning your, your, your shot process. Place is, is really, really important. Yeah. It gives a lot of authenticity to what you're doing. Time of year, um, night or day. You know, those those aspects all come in within um, within place. So we've got people, purpose, place, and plot. So plot is is the story arc, is how you kind of engage your audience. So when you pull all this stuff together and then you create the plot and, and the engaging points, then you've figured the other three bits out. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So the first thing that you want to, in, to, to bring into a story is is what we call a hook, Yeah. is, is bringing the audience straight on board and you want them to feel What's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen next? So to do that, you you bring in the person's conflict in fairly quickly. So it could be, um, for example, let's let's um, let's say if cancer patient, for example, mm -hmm. the cancer patient was experiencing pain. So so you you would bring that alive. You mm -hmm. know, you would bring them into that moment. You know, tell me about that point whereby you were you started to feel that pain in your lower back. Mm -hmm. How was that? Where were you? What were you doing? And the biggest question you could ask them is what and why. How are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? To really draw out that initial point of that film. Yeah. So you're talking about, okay, I, I woke up one day and I really wasn't feeling right. I really had that pain in my lower back. And the audience is straight away thinking, okay, what's this? Yeah. And if you bring into the conflict straight away, it's really going to help the audience want to root for this individual because they want to find out what, what happens, yeah. what happens to them. And one of the biggest things for me is soon after the conflict is that you're building in... Um, kind of like a, uh, an initiation whereby what was the point in your storyline did you want to take on this this problem so often for a patient 
It's going to be the fact that you want to go and seek medical advice. You want to find out from a, from a specialist what, you know, what's happening because you want to take on this problem. You want to fight this problem. And as an audience member, you're, you're really rooting from this point. You're thinking, okay, you've, you've now taken on the situation. You've been diagnosed. And then you then nudge into your journey points. Mm -hmm. Now, for short films, for a, maybe a three to five minute film, you probably don't want any more than three three short journey points. Right. So points in the story, that, that, so for example, um, the visiting to the doctor, the treatment aspect, mm -hmm. and when did um, when, when did kind of the, not the savior, but when did the drug come in or when did that piece of equipment come in that yeah. started to make a difference to that person's life? That's the journey point. And then you're coming towards the end, which is the resolution. Where is the patient now yeah. from where they were at the beginning? And then to finish off, you just hit them with a jab. You hit them in the belly, you hit the audience in the belly with a little bit of a jab. So that can be something like to camera whereby the patient says, if it wasn't for this specific device or this specific medicine, I simply wouldn't be here. Yeah. And that just leaves the audience with a, wow, yeah, what yeah. a journey. So that's how we put together our, our stories and our, our story art using those, those four pillars yeah. of storytelling. I love what you said at the beginning of that around the listening bit and listening to people's stories. And I know having done lots of interviews with different patients sort of through for meetings and things like that, it's, it's that getting to know that person beforehand and listening to their story that brings out the little nugget. Because often they often start by giving you a history, don't they? Yeah. Oh, well, it was mm. March 2019 when this happened. And then mm. I saw the doctor in June. And, and that's important to know what the journey is. But actually, that doesn't bring the story to life. Mm. But it's those things like, actually, it was my daughter's wedding, or I was waiting for this to happen that sometimes brings those elements out. And I mean, how do you, how do you get people to bring out, you know, the, not to have their list of, of appointments, but actually to bring out the bits that you really want to bring the story to life. Mm. So a, lo a lot of the work that, that, that I do is done in pre-production. So, you know, it's, it's really understanding the patient's journey. And actually, you'll be amazed when you actually sit down on interview day and actually the cameras are rolling, the lights are on. And suddenly the story takes a completely different turn. But suddenly you're thinking, wow, I didn't see this coming. This wasn't spoken about in the initial chat that we had if that doesn't happen and you are following the storyline that you think you've put together so you always have to go in with a plan yeah you know there's an old adage that you you shouldn't really find something in post-production you should already it's all should already be there yeah, yeah so for us it's a case of well tailoring questions to those specific plot points because you know that that the hook of the story is, is, is when they first found that back, if that back pain or knee pain or mm -hmm. internal pain. You know that that's the start of the story. So you, you need to investigate that. You need to take them to that place. And you want to say to them, you know, well, where were you? Yeah. Were you in bed or, you know, what time of day was it? Were you, were you at the school gates yeah. waiting for the children? So if they were at the school gates and suddenly they were in this immense pain, then that's where the story lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really about asking questions in relation to the plot points that you're following, the story arc. Yeah. And then in post-production, as you say, you hopefully are following the plan that you thought you had. But how do you how do you stitch it all together? Like, like you know, you might spend an hour with somebody interviewing them, but how do you, you find those few seconds that bring that story to life? Sure. That, that, <laughs> that's, that's the painful bit. <laughs> Because you, you are literally sat uh, in the office with, with the three screens going. You've got your earphones in. You've got a, an hour's interview that you need to make down to three or four minutes or five minutes, depending on how, how long the piece is. 
and you're listening for those particular points. So whilst I, I, I use various programs, but I, I put little markers in and little notes and I, I color, color grade them. So if I'm looking for the hook of the story, I, I know that it's the, the, the when she first or he first, excuse me, realized they had the pain. So I'm looking for that bit within the storyline. And once I've found it, once I've heard it, it's marked. Yeah. And then you simply mark it. That's the piece. Copy and paste it and put it onto a separate timeline. Right. So theoretically speaking, once you've been through the whole storyline, you should have another storyline, which is your shortened down yeah. four to five minute film with all those specific journey points in. So that they are just the sound bites. Yeah. yeah. So then what you've what you've done sort of previously is you've recorded what we call the B-roll on top, yeah. supplementary footage that is supporting the whole story. So again, if it's a, you know the, the pain was first felt in the supermarket, you've got a shot of somebody working around a supermarket. So yeah, you bring yeah. in do you see what I mean? So you're bringing the person to life, you're bringing the story to life by using one of those um uh, one of those four pillars, which is place. Yeah. So again, it's that listening, isn't it? It's listening to the words. You know, you've got your screens there to help you do the admin bit of it and the cutting bit and things, but it's actually listening to the story that's being told to bring out those things that you then know visually you can bring to life. But it's, it's the visual bits at the end. It's the, the story that's the king. Mm, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You have to, um, as you say, really listen to, to what's being said. But, but it, it, it is made much easier by the pre-work that you do. Right. There's, there's an amazing amount of pre-work that, that goes into all the films that you make to make your life, and also, really importantly, the patient's life, so much easier on, on the day of filming. Because you've got to take into consideration that they are going to be, that they're opening their soul up to you. They've been through a very traumatic period of their life. And you're asking them to 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 be on telly ultimately to be on you know to be to be sort of made into a a short film. So you've really got to be careful to look after um, look after the talent, the heart of the story, uh, and all that you do. You know your communication levels with them, the questions that you ask them, and involve them along the way. You don't want to produce something that they're really not going to be very comfortable with because ultimately they, they you know, they, they wouldn't want it out there. And, and you have to respect that. You have to yeah. really respect the fact that, you know, that it's them that really has to give the ultimate sign off and be comfortable with the fact that they are, um, you know, the film has been made about them. Yeah. So how there may be times when you talk to people and uh, the story doesn't come out strongly, like the linear sort of chronological flow of events does but you're you're struggling to find that hook or what makes it a story have you got an example of when that happened and and how it's suddenly an aha moment when somebody brings brings out what the, the story can be do you know what? i can actually it's um it was a film that i i'd made um for the farming crisis network and and within farming there's a huge um issue around mental health and um, we'd found the heart of our story and, you know, sadly they, they'd had a lot of mental health issues, but I couldn't get to the root of what was causing the mental health issues. Now, I know that's a, a very open-ended sort of question because mental health is a very, is a very challenging and complicated, um, uh, subject, but I couldn't find that one nugget, that one sentence whereby that's why you push yourself the way you push yourself. And I was asking loads and loads of questions to this farmer and I was, and, and I was sort of getting sort of almost sort of one word answers. And then I suddenly noticed in the corner of my eye, 
an old picture. And it was, and, and I was kind of, I was kind of thinking on my feet and I was thinking that must be his dad who's probably passed. I'm wondering whether or not he's trying to live up to his dad's expectations. So I, I just threw in the question is, you know, what was the relationship with your dad? And suddenly the whole story unfolded. And I probably wouldn't have asked that question if I hadn't seen that, that, um, that image on the wall. And interestingly, one of the, one of the we, we, we spoke about it just a minute ago, some of the, the, the things that I've learned most of all. But, and I, I jokingly mentioned the trolley, but there is a third one that I, I find really, really interesting. And it's listen to the walls. When you're in the person's space, in their, their, where, this, where, the, where the story's unfolding, and more often not in their personal space, so their lounge or, or kitchen or whatever, look at the walls. Because it will tell you a lot about the story. And, and, and it was just, I was kind of getting a bit sweaty, thinking, I'm not getting the story. This isn't happening. And then suddenly, in, a, in my corner of my eye, I saw the picture and I remembered uh, what my mentor had said to me one day was listen to the walls. And suddenly I saw the picture and I thought, I wonder if it's something to do with dad. Mm. And boy, was it something to do yeah. with dad. And you got the story then. And we got the yeah. story. We got the fact that this this poor chap was trying to to live up to family expectation, to live up to history. Mm-hmm. History was bearing down on this farmer. Mm. Um, so many farms were going under and had so much pressure from from history. You know, mm-hmm. people that were no longer here, mm. but they still felt that weight of history. The farm must keep going. Yeah. The farm must keep going. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a psychologist but suddenly i could almost see like a weight being lifted from his shoulders to say i've said it and also you know that that's going to resonate with the audience Very because much so. because you know the farms of family businesses have been passed down through generations and you don't want to be the one to let let it fail right? exactly so, exactly yeah. and particularly with something like this because we would we were talking about um uh, you know it's all based around suicide within the farming community that one nugget of soundbite would have resonated with probably everybody that was watching that film yeah. you know it's been watched over 250,000 times now so you know that that at some point in time somebody's watching that thinking yep that's me that's me yeah i love what you say about listening to the walls because i've done lots of on location filming with you and, and I, I know when we get there and you're setting things up you're always looking around and and I, i've learned from that as well because i remember we videoed one chap um who was in chronic pain wasn't it and there was lots of pictures of his kids and his family and things like that doing stuff and on holidays and things like that and obviously that was really important to them in their space and asking questions about that really brought out what he wanted to be for his his family but the pain pain was stopping him and things like that and exactly we, we worked out what his desire was yeah. just by looking at some photos yeah. and you just asked the question so tell us about your kids and then he lights up and mm-hmm. and then and then the darkness of what the condition meant for him in terms of not being able to do with his kids came out as well mm. so it's uh, absolutely no it's really yeah sort of listening with your eyes as well yeah it? so absolutely it's, it's 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 a key skill mm. everything's changing at rapid pace technology changes like the job that i started 25 years ago is very different today as to how it was before but what about storytelling and storytelling real film is that going to rapidly change over the next few years what do you think I don't. I don't think the the essence of storytelling is going to change because we, we've we've done it for time immemorial. You know, we, we've we've been that caveman 
sitting around telling. And it's, it's how we've kind of learned how history has evolved. It's, you know, history is storytelling. Um, there'll be less ambiguity, I think, as time goes on, because we've got better abilities to be able to, re to record it and perhaps make it more accurate. You know, in the past, history has been um, sewn together by the victors as opposed to the people that lose the battle. Um, camera equipments are going to change. The shots that we're able to get to to enhance the story is going to change. It will become greater and better. So your, your, your transportation within the film will become much greater. But I think the essence of story will remain. You know, it is all about that conflict and that desire, that conflict being the bad guy and the desire um, being the good guy. You know, that's not going to change. That will always, because we, we love to root. We love to really get under the skin of the characters, don't we? And we really want to ultimately em empathize with them. And I think once once you empathize with a character, then you're in. And I don't see that changing. I can't yeah. see that changing. And and you know, interestingly, um, we, we live in this this mad, busy world. But I think what's going to happen is we'll get to a point where we get we get saturated with fast things, and we'll just learn to perhaps calm ourselves down a wee bit, and perhaps maybe rather than watching a, a, a ninety second clip on YouTube we might actually start to want to watch five, 10, 15 minutes of somebody's story mm. just so we can take ourselves along and maybe come out of our own little world for a period of time rather than being constantly hammered with this shortness of life that we seem to be experiencing now. Yeah. So maybe that will change, but but the essence of story won't. But I think, I think you see that on TV now. So, you know, you'll have series that are eight episodes long, an hour each devoted to a story where you know yeah we want everything today and we want it within 90 seconds and things like that but we're happy to sit down for eight hours and watch a story unfold and understand the characters yeah. maybe in a way we never would have done before mm -hmm. you know a series on bbc would have been three episodes long you know 30 minutes each done in an hour and a half and now it, it stretches for you know for eight or nine hours because that power of that story if you tell it well is mm -hmm. is going to keep you engrossed even in our busy worlds where we've got millions of other things we can do it's like we want to lose ourselves in those stories yeah, absolutely yeah and I, and I think um a lot of businesses don't haven't quite grasped that in some respects i think you know you still see the ceo sort of getting in front of the camera and and and, and sort of telling everybody about facts and figures um but as we all know we, we don't remember facts and figures but what we do remember is the way that something makes us feel and I don't think that's that's ever going to change. Um, but I think more and more companies now are embracing the storytelling aspect, whereby they actually don't need to be the hero of the piece. It's the patient that's the hero of the piece. It's just the fact that the product that you've produced that's helped save their lives has enabled them to become the hero of the piece. So it's kind of almost, it's, it's, it's a subtle way of bringing a, a company's brand within story without sort of it being in your face. It's a much more subtle, clever way of doing things. I think that will change as time goes on. I think more and more companies will will start to embrace that. You know, even even the smallest of companies will think, actually, it's not all about me, is it? It's all mm. about. It should be all about our customers. It should be all about our clients. It should be all about our patients. So yeah, maybe that will change. Given that you came from the Marines, you then came to photography and commercial photography, and now you've gone to filmmaking. What would you say is the, the most important thing you've learned about storytelling? What's the one gem that that actually sits front and center for you around storytelling? Um, two things. Uh, we've already spoken about uh, one of them is listening. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really didn't fully appreciate how important it is to listen. 
not only to the to the to the patient but also listening to the the brief listening to the purpose of the story while you're making the film that's that's really sort of hit home to me because the technical stuff will take care of itself you know everybody can everyone can learn that over a period of time but actually learning to listen that's that's a, that's a whole new thing that's a whole new thing second thing the most important thing that i've learned buying a trolley because filming from uh, filming from photography is so much more kit yeah you know in the days that commercial uh, pitch taking it used to be one bag and maybe a uh, a light stand bag yeah, and, yeah. and and you know for example today we've got a very very minimal setup but we've got about 15,000 yeah. bags knocking as about my uh, front room will test exactly yeah. so a trolley yeah 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 okay good that's a good <laughs> budding filmmakers for yourself right Mine. tell us um where people can find you how do they how can they get in touch with you so um our business is called autumn films autumnfilms.co.uk um you can go onto our website and, and have a look at some of the previous films that we've made uh, and if there's something there that you think yeah these guys will will, will tell our story and, and and get our purpose across then we'd love to hear from you contact via mobile which is 077 brilliant well, thank you very much. Thanks for talking to us. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure as always.